Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Adrienne Ashley, the kick-ass founder of Foxies. She'll be sharing with us her story, including the time she had to act like a boy to be accepted when diving into the start of the internet. Let's do this. All right. Hello, everyone. I am Jenna T. Here with our, my co-host, Minty Sell. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am good. By the way, your hair looks amazing. Thank you. I just got back from a new salon that I tried out today, and I was uh, very happy with I the results. I, I've been I've been a little nervous, not to be honest. Uh, try Puerto Rico hairstylist and I have no idea why because your hair looks fabulous so yeah well I was I was really nervous too I actually last time I had my hair done I did it in Dallas because I was there and had the time and why not and then I was you know we have a million whatsapp groups here in Puerto Rico and somebody had posted and they were they were saying how much they liked it and that they did a great job. And so I went and looked on their Instagram and I thought they did a good job. So I figured try it out. Well, it looks amazing. So I got to check that out. Um, Yeah. All right. Shall we dive in? So it's funny because while I was getting my hair done today, of course, you know, can't really do much else. So I was on Twitter and discord and looking at stuff and I was very surprised to see, let me uh, share my screen so you guys can see the news articles. Warren Buffett recently invested a billion dollars in a Bitcoin friendly bank, new bank. That is, Yeah. So it's really funny to me for multiple reasons, but I studied Warren Buffett when I was in college for marketing and business. I worked for a Berkshire Hathaway company for many, many years. Part of the reason I left was actually because Berkshire bought it. It used to be a great company and they turned it into, I mean, it's still a good company, but they just, they took the what I felt was like more relationship and they made it more corporate and Mm -hmm. just felt like they didn't care about you anymore. And, you know, Warren has said that Bitcoin is like rat poison. So I find it really interesting that he took, he, I think he saw Visa and MasterCard holdings in order to invest in this Bitcoin friendly new bank. Interesting. Yeah. He uh-huh. is, he's a, a, he has his own style of investing for sure. And he definitely does, you know, his many in the financial world would call it traditional, traditional style, old school style. And mm-hmm. it's nice to see that he is breaking into kind of this new space because to me, that's a sign that we should be bullish. Of course, no investment advice here, but I personally am bullish on that, especially when I hear that traditional investors are now starting to get into crypto. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So 
Uh, speaking of traditional banks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how cool is this? So JP Morgan, as you can see on the screen, stakes a claim in the metaverse with Decentraland Lounge. So there's a little a picture of it and they created a, a legitimate lounge in the metaverse, which I think is really cool and super interesting along the lines with what we just said about Warren Buffett is JP Morgan, you know, they're, they're, I wouldn't call them as a firm, super traditional. They, they're not shy away from, you know, some kind of future forward thinking investing. But I mean, how cool is it that they are getting into this space? To me, it's, it, you're going to start hearing these names. Obviously, there's a lot of Fortune 500 names in there already, but I, it's to get these banks involved, I think, is is a really good sign that we all need to be in the metaverse because if they are, then we are. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of, I'm curious because we haven't really talked about it much, but what, where is your favorite place in the metaverse to hang out? Because there's different places. That is a really good question. So I personally like the features of Decentraland the most. I think it's a little bit more lifelike. It's, it's kind of real. It feels a little bit more real. You can walk, you can run, you can jump, you can engage with other people. I like Decentraland. I like, you know, that, like I said, some of the features, some of the possibilities, some of the building opportunities there, the land opportunities there. But Sandbox is also, I mean, right there with Decentraland. You know, you've got a lot of big names in Sandbox and and, right. uh, you know, a lot of corporate names, a lot of companies that are trying to get into the space. Snoop Dogg obviously is a huge name and who's creating, I believe, a concert venue in, in Sandbox. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think what I don't like about Sandbox is it's a little blocky. So like the characters are a little blocky. It doesn't feel like, you know, it's you. Right. And the ability right. to customize your, your kind of avatar is not as I would say, you know, as next level as Decentraland has created. But I mean, both of them are incredible lands. I have yet to see or engage with Meta, but I mean, I talk about a company that has no, no uh, shortage of funds here. So I imagine Meta is going to be a pretty huge metaverse once that launches, but there's a lot of them, you know, there's a lot it, I, I can't even count the amount of metaverses that there that exist today, even smaller mm-hmm. ones, you know, Roblox. I haven't dabbled in Roblox, but I, I know that that's a, that's a company kind of appealing to the younger generation. So, so don't you think that there's gonna be like a few clear winners here? I don't, I don't think that we can sustain having all these choices and having them all be successful. I completely agree. I think there are going to be a few clear winners, just like you mentioned. And I think the the smaller guys are going to do what they can to keep their ecosystem going. And it will appeal to specific people who don't like the big box stores. So just like you go shopping, there are some people who refuse to walk into a Walmart or to who refuse to walk into a Whole Foods who will always go to the mom and pop shop. And right. those people, I think if, if done well and done smartly, the smaller metaverses can appeal to those people if, if they, if they do that in the right way. Yeah. It's like you build your community there, right? Exactly. It's like your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to, I think we're, we're going to get to a point, of course, this is, you know, 
forward thinking, who knows what, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think we're going to get to a point where we're spending just as much time living in the metaverse as we do real life. And you're going to want to make sure that you're engaging on a daily basis with the people that you want to engage with. And in the whole concept of, of, you know, decentralized and anonymous, like it's going to be harder to get to know your neighbors. And, uh, but I think those small, that's where I think the, the smaller guys will have the leading edge because they're going to make it a, a community where you actually get to know one another. Yeah. So you mentioned something, I think it's funny that you brought it up, but Snoop Dogg and the metaverse and all that, and kind of goes into one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which was a launch that happened on February 14th and just finished yesterday, sold out, was done by this artist BT with Gala Games, Gala Music, and Gala is part, they're partnered with Snoop for the launch with Gala Music. So anyway, they did this launch with this guy, BT, and Joel Com is the one who found it and was following it and telling me about it. And it was crazy. So this, this guy, this artist, BT, did this launch. He did it as a Dutch auction. Mm-hmm. They originally started the auction at, I believe it was 11 ETH. Wow. They had a floor of 8.88 ETH, which wow. is really high, right? Well, the community wasn't having it. And so they weren't buying. And so they ended up, they took the floor off. Mm-hmm. And so it, because it was a Dutch auction, you know, the price Probably. is going down every hour by, I believe, 0.25. So it got down to one ETH. Wow. And BT got, I guess, was upset because it got down so low. And so they ended up pulling the plug. They ended the auction. This was his tweet saying, you know, I poured a year of my heart and soul into this. The thing is, is that it's freaking awesome. The art, wait until you see what he did. And so he, he was pissed, I guess. And so he, they stopped it. Well, then they thought about it. And of course the community's in an uproar because on their site, oh, hold on. It says like, we will go until these are sold out. I don't know if it says it on here. I don't know if they updated it or not, but maybe it's on here. Let's see. But they said like, yeah, we'll gradually reduce over time until all orbs are sold. So when they stopped it, people are pissed because it's like, well, that's not what you said you were doing. Right. So they ended up turning it back on. And I actually got one. Nice. Yeah, they are not cheap, <laughs> but I, I got it for, I mean, I got it for a decent price. I got it for 0.71 oh, wow. and okay. they're already, they haven't revealed yet, but basically it is, it's a never ending, like it's always changing NFT and there's music that goes with it. Interesting. It's, it's the first of its kind. It's really cool. I have no idea when we're going to see them reveal, 
but yeah. I like that FAQ. Why am I so excited about the series? <laughs> Here's part it, no orb will ever repeat its specific behavior. It's always changing. And then it's got unique generative music. Let's see. So this says in a time of frequent technology breakthroughs, this series will stand out as one of the most important and groundbreaking achievements in art and music technology. The implications of art that can be endlessly generative generative are as boundless as each orb's creativity. Interesting. Incredible time to be alive. And we are elated to offer the opportunity of ownership for these pieces of paradigm shifting art. Interesting. You know, it's, it's, I would imagine I am not an NFT artist myself, but I would imagine you need to be, there's so many incredible projects launching every day. And you have to, you know, have some sort of realistic expectation that you may not have a total smash out project on day one. And unfortunately, like maybe two years ago, that may be different, but now we're in a stage of NFT world that there's a lot of incredible projects out there and it's tough to, you know, be that winning project that actually excels on that and sells yeah. out on that day one there's right. a lot that has to go into it so interesting yeah it's um, it's definitely it's definitely interesting uh, this i mean this whole thing the thing is is that like i get that what he's doing is amazing and groundbreaking and and all that but had he sold all of these at the price they were asking it was like an eight million dollar sale, I think is what it would have come out to. Or maybe that was, maybe I'm thinking even if they sold it and I can't remember the numbers now, I'd have to go do the math, but it's, it's a lot of money. Well, there's three of them, right? Yeah. 33333. Yeah. And, and take ETH as of yesterday, it probably would have been just over $10 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the actually no 10, 10 and a half million dollars, 10.5 million. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. And, and these days, I think, I think NFT buyers are looking for something more. I think the, the age in which a PFP project that comes with no utility is, is dead. I think that mm-hmm. died with the CryptoPunks and the Bored Apes. And, and now they, those like legendary projects are building utility more and more utility because they know that in order to stay at the top, you're going to need that. So I'm interested to see what, what the plan is, what the roadmap is for these orbs, other than the fact that it's just obviously super cool art, obviously innovative first of its kind, but like, then what else? And then what, you know, well, let's see. Oh, look, we've got a, well, they have utility. There will be future utilities and gala games. Okay. With, okay. So there'll be, and I would imagine something with Gala Music that they they've been launching or developing, and that's where it's talking about with Snoop, and it can go back to this Twitter thread because when I was looking this up, so Snoop Dogg is doing his thing on Gala Music, the stash box. Interesting. Goes today. So, yeah. So moving on. 
Yeah, I mean, talk about the stock exchange. So this is where I get a little nerdy, thanks to my uh, financial <laughs> <Your> background. background. <laughs> mm-hmm. But ultimately, one of the the concerns I hear from people not in the NFT space is, how do I know if it's a good buy? There's no you know company behind it that has you know I, I can't use you know a true analysis. I can't look at a chart and say, okay, well, the stock is doing this, you know, on the dub, there are certain people who read charts and who can tell whether, you know, the stock's going to rise based on the the chart Um, or fundamental analysis, right? So a company like Apple, you can, you can look at everything that Apple has to have. It's, it's, you can look at their balance sheet. You can look at their profit loss statement. You can look at all of the earnings, all of that's readily available because it's a publicly traded company. And, but with NFTs, it's not. And so I mm-hmm. often hear a lot of people have been like, well, how do you know if it's a good buy? How do you know where it's going? And it seems too speculative for a, a lot of people to get in. But this article in New York Stock Exchange, obviously a leading stock exchange for stocks, traditional investing, is looking to create an NFT marketplace. To me, that is a sign that they're looking to kind of replicate some of the investment kind of techniques of traditional investing into NFTs. It's not just going to be, oh, I like this artwork, therefore I'm going to buy, or I like the artist, therefore I'm going to buy. It's going to be hopefully, you know, a place where people can see, oh, this is the trading volume. This is what it means. This is the roadmap. This is where all the utility is. And to see the substance behind the project to know whether they're investing in a good project or not. So I think- um, I think this is a just a good sign. I think I would imagine the New York Stock Exchange has a long way to go in building and launching mm-hmm. a, mar- a marketplace, but I'm hoping that it kind of brings a level of familiarity to traditional investors into this space. So it becomes a little less speculative, but. Well, and I think this kind of goes to something that we have discussed uh talking about on the show or doing a a show about this. And that is the things to look at when you are considering buying NFTs and trading NFTs, because that's a whole, I feel like buying an NFT and and planning to hodl is totally different than if you're buying NFTs with the intent to trade. And that's right. That's right. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I personally am a trader, but also a hodler. I hold on with dear life to the projects that are near and dear to my heart for whatever reason. I have a relationship with the artist or whatever that is, but I also flip NFTs for profit. You know, I am, I am, I have my investor hat and I'm always looking at projects and what they're doing and trying to determine that myself. And me doing it myself is, is quite difficult, right? Like I don't have a, I don't have a crystal ball. No financial advisor does have a crystal ball when it comes to stocks either, but at least there's a little bit more substance to look at. So I'm kind of flying in the dark, trying to make my best judgment. I've got a checklist that we'll go through of the things that look, that I look for when investing in a project, especially for those that I'm trying to flip and make a profit. But ultimately it is still new ground for me and for so many people out there. So hopefully we'll bring a little bit more of a understanding and what to look for in our, in that episode specifically. Love it. So I'm thinking that we've had enough chit chat about the news and I think we should go to our featured guest. 
That would be awesome. Okay, great. So we will bring her on. It's going to be, you know, Foxies. We're going to be talking about Foxies, which is, I think, a super cool project. And the art is so cute. And I'm so excited about it. So I I can't wait to bring her on. All right. Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. This episode, we have the amazing Adrienne Ashley. Welcome to the show, Adrienne. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And let me just say, the Nifty Chicks, it is about time we get some girl power on this content. Let me tell you. Right? It totally is. Totally. And who better? So I just want to give a little background about Adrian. So I've known Adrian, I don't know, probably five or six years now. And we met, of course, through the crypto blockchain world. It's funny. Before the show, we were chatting briefly and trying to figure out where it was we first met. And we were talking about, we both used to live in Denver and we hung out in Denver, we think twice, but we would see each other all around the world at different conferences and events. And it's just funny that like we lived in the same town and never saw each other (laughs) actually there. (laughs) So it was Eve Denver and Christmas. So actually one of those times was literally another conference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just happened to be in Denver. (laughs) So Adrienne is a serial entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She's an investor. Adrienne, I swear you have done like, is there under the sun? Like every time I read your bio or hear what you're doing now, I'm, I'm always astonished. So tell us, just give us like the short version of your back, your bio and your background. Okay. Well, this is a short podcast. So here's the, the very, very <laughs> short version. I got into Bitcoin in 2009, just on a lark because somebody offered to pay me in it. And I'm like, yeah, why not? I like being on the bleeding edge. Promptly lost it. So that's 2,500 Bitcoin, never to be recirculated again as part of the 4 million that have been lost by the rest of the OGs. So I got into blockchain specifically in 2012, 2015, started working in you know entertainment blockchain, supply chain, those kinds of things. 2017, 2015, I designed my first NFT based on Bitcoin colored coins. And it was to replace the bricks in front of a hospital as a fundraising thing. So you'd buy the token, that would be the endowment, then it would be displayed digitally as the the legacy donor. And then whoever donated to that project would be the current donor. Obviously that was not possible. ERC 721 hadn't come out yet. So I didn't do it. I'm going to do it though. It's a really good idea. 2017 moved into green energy and luxury goods certification and event tickets and all of these other things and music. Did did several projects in music, uh, music coin, musicology, music economy. I'm decaffeinated. And then why it never occurred to me to do art, I don't know, but it never occurred to me to do art. I got into art uh, as NFTs way back in 2019, which has been super exciting. I spent 2017 to 2019 touring the world, teaching hedge funds and family offices how to do due diligence in blockchain. Uh, and you might have heard about my little naughty startup that gets uh, good girls laid. So it used to be called Lolly. It's now called Smart Dates. We put consent on the blockchain because women need safety, security, and safety to say yes even to dinner. Uh, So that ended the Me Too epidemic or will end the Me Too epidemic. It got uh, shelved in 2020 when they closed all the bars. (laughs) So that's 
that's right. on the back burner at the moment. Currently launching Foxies, which is a generative NFT project that is headed to the metaverse to educate 1 million women and girls in blockchain development and in entrepreneurship. That's the short version. There's about 75 other industries I didn't include. <laughs> right. So let's, I'm going to actually share my screen here and pull up your website. I want to know, I, I got so excited when we were talking about Foxies and I, you'd posted something and I didn't even know that you were doing Foxies. And then I saw it and we talked about it. And my initial response was, holy shit, this is awesome. Have to come on the Nifty Chicks and talk to us about Foxies and what you're doing. Awesome. Well, I would love to. So Foxies is a generative art project. So you've seen a lot of these projects lately. This is kind of a hybrid of a bunch of different, very successful ones. So you remember CryptoKitties back in 2017, where you breed them and then they come out with new ones. So this does have a breeding component later on, but it starts as a 10K generative. So the art is done by my son's best friend's girlfriend. She started um, drawing this when she was 17. She's now 18. And so she has done all of the character art for the Foxy. And then I collected, I won't say I drew because I didn't draw, but collected and licensed all of the backgrounds. And then I augmented them and changed them up and animated and things like that. Um, so Foxy's is a 10K. We launch on 2-22-22 and we're launching 10,000 of them. Then we open up a trading card game where you collect all the color, all the same color in, in uh, the different tails or all the different tail, all one tail in every color. And that gives you a bonus drop of what we call four Foxy's. These are foxies that possess super magical breeding powers. They have access to every mutation, every color, every accessory, every everything, and they breed litters. The key piece about this breeding engine is that every time you breed a foxy, it kicks off a scholarship for a woman or a girl in blockchain development or entrepreneurship. And we take this one step further. Not only do we have for female founders in our entrepreneurship program, we have an incubator, we have a little five-day incubator, then we have an accelerator and we have a grants program, but we're also educating in the metaverse. We've already gotten our metaverse. We've already gotten our lecture hall. We have a Dean of Education who's wrangling all of the content. We estimate that's going to come out Q1 of 2023, where people will be able to attend learning in the metaverse create projects together. And we are in discussions with several different educational establishments to potentially accredit the education and not just a certificate, but we are short blockchain developers. There are many, many, many talented women around the world who are web developers or mobile app developers. They already know code. They already have all the tools. They know Node.js. They know a lot of these things that you need. Some of the, some of the platforms like Chromia it's based on SQL, 68% of developers know SQL, but they're not getting into blockchain yet. So we are going to bring more women into blockchain. I love this. I just think that this is such, well, A, I love the art. Like, I just think it's so cute, but then I also love the impact behind it and the fact yeah. that you are working to get more women into the field train them, teach them, help them with the scholarships. I just think that's so super cool. It's super, super cool. And, you know, it's not like Foxy's U is going to be exclusively only for scholarship recipients. Other people will be able to attend too. So we'll have a lot of our education in our whitelist. You, this, oh, 
we can talk about the whitelist. So a lot of the, these crypto projects and these NFT projects are sending everyone to Discord. And I'm not doing that. And there's a very re good reason why. My audience are very mainstream. And throughout my entire career, I've been very centered on driving mainstream consumer adoption of blockchain. And when you drive people to Discord, you lose a lot of the audience if your audience is like mine, because they, they don't know how to opt in. They don't know how to verify it. They certainly don't know how to use Collabland and connect their wallet. It just doesn't work. It, it's very frustrating. And then it's literally an unsupervised potential good or potential bad. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to control the conversation, right? And instead I'm using very traditional internet marketing techniques. My whitelist does not require you to send an email to your entire address book. It is your name, your first name, your last name, your email address, your SMS number. So we can text you when it's time to mint for the presale and your ETH wallet address. And I know that this is still a challenge. And I know my audience is mainstream consumer because a lot of them are putting their street address in there, not their <laughs> ETH wallet address. I'm like, I can't whitelist your house. <laughs> I can only whitelist your wallet. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but we do, we also, after opt-in, uh, we do send them the crypto wallet security guide so that they don't lose their NFTs or their crypto that kind of goes over everything, gives them a worksheet to write down all their passwords and keep it safe and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. And that's part of why we are starting this podcast is because there are so many things that people don't know and they don't know what an ETH wallet is and they have no idea where to even get started in crypto. It It is kind of like a great big maze out there. And they're also speaking a different language when, so you're like, you're in a new city in a foreign town, foreign country that they don't speak the language and you can't read the map. And <laughs> oh, you mean me in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah pretty much. Well, and there's no street signs either because, you know. No, there's no street signs. And I actually was in old San Juan and got stuck on the second floor. My leg stopped working and I couldn't call my Uber driver. So thankfully I did find someone who spoke English. I handed them the phone. I'm like, get me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it was had a lovely time. Other than I have a question for you. It seems like in your background, in your bio, and now this project that you're launching, you've never been afraid to step to step into space that's new and to like break in. Talk yeah. to me about like what's yeah. Nobody says about. that about Adrian. No. That's amazing. I wish more people were like that, especially females. It's, that is a trait that I wish we we had more often. So talk to me about like where you got that. I think I got that from my mother raising me like a boy, but I don't know if you are old enough to remember, but <laughs> so the internet was born and invented by a bunch of guys in their underwear and basements and girls weren't really allowed. I was the only girl there for a very long time. And it was such a boys club. I had to be a boy. My name was David. I sold wood shaped kits for the backyard. And I was literally, I'm kind of revealing to some of my favorite old school internet marketers I've known them since the nineties. They've only known me since like 2006. So they're now realizing I actually, they, oh, it's hilarious. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, cause I was there. So I had to pretend to be a boy at first. And I think that that's just wrong. I want to drive more women into blockchain because I think that the culture needs to be set. And in crypto, you know, again, first girl there, like, 
crypto, we got uh, strippers and Lambos. So I'm so excited about NFTs though, because NFTs is art, right? I automatically, like from the very beginning, have seen this just massive uptake with women going, yes, I love this. This I can do, right? They right. get it. It makes sense. And a lot of the best projects that come out for these NFTs, you know, you got to remember if you're buying something that is a JPEG with a serial number that doesn't have any utility, that's called a flex or a cash grab. So that's not what I consider an NFT, right? An NFT, the whole point of it is it's a token to do something, not just a token to represent a piece of art. So it should have access. It should have additional utility and it should create a community and a collaborative community at that where you can build things, grow things, you know, network. So, so women are really good at community, like really, really good. Cause it's not about sitting behind your laptop, reading candlesticks, technical analysis on, you know, financial reports for crypto and figuring out which way the market's going to go. Like that's a solo endeavor. This is not launching a crypto project. It, uh, it takes an army. As you can see, I only have half like probably less than half the team up there. I have to add you. <laughs> it's really hard because it does take a village to do this right. And especially with what we're building. Like, I mean, I have a metaverse expert. I have different people who are blender experts doing 3D skins and this and this. Like it's, it's crazy. Okay. You know? So let's, let's back up because I feel like for um, most of the people I think here that yeah. are going to be listening to this, they may not have any idea what some what of these said. things mean. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like, they may not even understand what a metaverse is. So maybe okay, give like a brief description of that. But also like you said, you talked about Blender. I mean, I know what that is, but a lot of people may not have the slightest idea. So, okay. so Microsoft Word is used for authoring documents. We all know what Word is. We all know what Excel is. Blender is the application that people use to create 3D when you see pictures and they look 3D, more than likely they were built in Blender. So it's, it's, it's a way to create 3D gaming assets. So when you see these animated series where it looks really lifelike and all of that, and then also we've been using things like that in the movie industry for the last 20 years. Right. And that's why the Foxies look so cute and they look like they're alive in their oh, that's little me. world. That's me. So the art was actually hand-drawn by my son's best friend's girlfriend. So she's a bonus daughter now because my son's best friend is my bonus son. Right. Right. So I'm, I, I just keep all, I keep all the children. I probably have 11. I only have one that I gave birth to, but I have about 11 children. So the, the art, she drew it on her teeny tiny little cheap Android phone. Oh my goodness. Drew it by hand. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then I got all of the pieces, put them together. And like I said, I, I kind of gave a little more 3D effect to the backgrounds and did some extra little thingies like that and then slapped it all together. You know, what's sad is that I had to put sneak preview watermarks on them because people are literally ripping all of the images off of these launch websites and then creating fake collections on OpenSea. Yeah, before they're even launched. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. So I was like, not going to happen. Sorry. My website's not going to look as pretty as it could, but I have to prevent theft. Right. Right. Which yeah. is good. I think it's great that you're doing that. And I love that, you know, Jenna and I are going to talk about this in future episodes. Obviously it's a new show. So we're just, we're just kicking things off, but discord is one of the ways that I 
like to vet projects and you're not using discord. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think your reasoning is fantastic, but it's funny because that's always something that whenever I'm talking to any projects, I'm like, I need to see your website. I need to see your discard. I need to see your Twitter. What are you doing online to interact and engage with the community? So, so here, here's my point about discord. Okay. A lot can happen in discord. It can be fabulous. It can be a shit show and 100%. it's also a black hole. So it does not give you any Google love. So keep in mind, I come back, I wrote HTML before the internet was born for a law library. Like I'm a lot older than I look. And technologically speaking, when it comes to SEO and Google, you want to talk to the internet marketers because we know how to get to page one like that, right? Discord is a black box. Nothing gets spidered. Nothing gets indexed. You can't find anything easily, right? Right. So everything that we're doing, keep in mind, I can go look up tweets that I did a million years ago, right? Like when Twitter first started, it's all there. And if I deleted a tweet, there's actually a whole repository for deleted tweets. You can literally find everything and it indexes on Google on a website. You can create a community where you can have forums just like you would have in discord. It's just, it's indexable. It'll be spidered. Google will look at it. You will get more Google love because the more the, the amount of time that people spend in Discord, this is what we did with Billionaire Zombies Club. So we have 17,000 people in the Discord. We've moved the King's Council over to the website because that's where we can have things where they can share documents. They're doing proposals. They're coming up with ideas for merchandising and marketing, but it's in a place where you're not going to lose it, right? In Discord, it's like the minute that it's, five hours old, it's gone. You're never going to find it. Like the search mechanism doesn't work this way. They can share documents, do everything. And they're taking that time that they would normally be on discord and are on Google. What does that do? Increases our page rank, right? Makes it easier to gate certain things so that only certain people can get into certain committee meetings, things like that. Right. The longer they're on your website, the better. So that was one of the things that I discovered with Billionaire Zombies Club, which I'm the co-founder of. It's a $20 million project with a $20 billion market cap on the token. And we're just releasing our portal today and Valentine's Day and going to be launching the land and then the metaverse game. So it's, it's only going to get bigger. So the lessons that I learned from that project, I'm bringing over into Foxy's, which is, you know, the Billionaire Zombies Club, they absolutely can function on Discord. That's the age group. They're gamers. They can totally handle it. My audience, definitely not, would not be able to handle it. And so you have to meet your audience where they're at in order to get the marketing done correctly, because you want to bring all those people into your whitelist, but you need to capture them. You need their email. You need their SMS number. You just have to. So it's very cool. That might be the billionairezombies.club instead of the billionairezombies.com. Oh, Yes, that was that was actually the mint, uh, the mint website. Awesome, though. Yeah, there we go. It's super cool. So here's the project. And when did this one launch? October 31st. And within two months, it it had a 20 million dollar valuation and a 20 billion dollar market cap on the token. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. And do you want to talk about that I'm now? Several, I'm one of several co-founders. So this was not all me. Right. <laughs> I'm the I'm like the I'm like I'm the secretary of the DAO. I'm the co-organizer of the DAO. So I do the legal, the compliance. I did build this website. 
and then, and things like that. And I do a lot of the media appearances, but there is an entire team in the dev team. I am the babyest OG on the project. If you think I'm an OG, I'm the baby. It's pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Wow. Yeah. So I love it. So, okay. So Foxy's is launching on February 22nd at 9am Pacific? 9am and the whitelist closes on February 20th. So you really want to make sure that you go sign up. It's super easy. And if you happen to be an internet marketer and you want to help launch this to the world, there is an affiliate program, which you will be taken to after you go through and sign up for the whitelist. It'll ask you if you'd like to sign up for the affiliate program. And then you can actually get a link, share the link and track the referrals. And then you earn 5%. Cool. People are like, why not 50% like regular internet marketing? And I go, well, cause we got to kind of pay for a metaverse and scholarships for a million women. And you know, that ain't cheap. Servers are not cheap, babe. Right. <laughs> it's a so <laughs> definitely check out foxies.art and get yourself on the white list before the 20th mm-hmm. and then be well. So if you sign up, then you're going to get a text. You're going to get an email email. You're going to verify your email. And then you're also going to get that crypto security guide as well. Right. Uh, And then we will be putting all of, we're basically exporting all of those wallets, the people who put their wallet in correctly and putting those into the system to allow them to pre-mint on the 21st. And then the public mint is the 22nd. Cool. So is there anything else that you want to be sure to share with our audience? I'm just so excited. I, I mean, for years I have been telling you, you need your own podcast. So I'm I know so excited that you're doing this. This is great. And no, it's, I'm honored to be first. It's so perfect. Cause you know, Jenna and I, we started to, well, I mean, I've been doing the NFT stuff because the nifty show for a while, but Jenna just kind of jumped into this not that long ago. And really fell in love with NFTs and started going down the rabbit hole. And I love that we get to go on this journey together and that, you know, here we are and we get to talk to amazing women that are just doing awesome shit in a a space that truly has been like, I don't know, 90, 95% men. I mean, I remember going to my first world crypto con and there were like no women. There's 25 of us. Yeah. It it was my like (laughs) going to social media conferences before it would be like the women's bathrooms are filled and going to a world crypto con. I remember walking in the bathroom at like a party and there was, I think, one other female in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Because, you know, normally it's like a line to go to the bathroom and go to a crypto conference. You never wait in line. Oh, no. But I identify with whichever line is shorter. I, so yes. It, it, it Literally, if the line is too long, I'm, hi, guys, <laughs> female on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's our that's our goal, right? Our goal is that the the line for the women's room is just as big as the the men's room, and and I, yeah, that will yeah. happen. We have an opportunity to you know pave the way in this new territory. So this mm-hmm. is yes. going to happen, and yep. it's just the beginning, guys. Just the beginning. This is awesome. It's just agreed. It's just the beginning, and and now that we're going to have the ability to pipeline women 
uh, founders, female founders into a system where not only are they going to get their I's dotted and their T's crossed, so they're totally compliant because I don't look good in orange and I don't think anybody else does either. And then once they pass that, they go through an accelerator program where they're literally building everything out, getting to MVP and demo day, and then putting them in front of the investors that I know that are literally looking for great quality projects. And I'm the Simon Cowell pitch competition. So I bring tissue. I make sure that it's everywhere because I'm going to accidentally make somebody cry. I'll fix it. I promise. I won't actually give them that constructive criticism if I don't have a solution. But if they make it past me, they're worth writing a check for. So that's part of the the opportunity with this grants program that we're creating an endowment for uh, is that that these women, they're ready. They are more than fundable. And we've shown, even though we only get 2% of the investment, we are a much better risk, much lower risk. We make more money. We, we, we fail less often. Women should be the top investment that investors are making. And they're just like, well, we don't know where the women are. And I'm like, hi, I'm bringing them all to the metaverse. And you know me and you trust me. So please come. And they're all like, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I love what you're doing. Love what you're doing. Keep doing it. You rock. Thank so you. So excited to have met you. This is great. And I'm on, I'm joining the whitelist literally as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Go do it. Yes, Foxy, it's Foxy's F-O-X-I-E-S dot art. Yes, yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you, Adrian, so much Thank for you. being on the Nifty Chicks. I am so excited. I am honored to be your first one. You girls are going to crush it. You chicks Yay. are going to crush it. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. So Jenna, what did you think of that interview with Adrian? She is a firecracker. She is she? a badass. I mean, yeah. so cool to be a trailblazer in the, the, the world of the internet when it just started. There's so many of us that are like, hey, I, the internet hasn't existed forever. And yes, there was a time where the internet didn't exist. And she was at the forefront of that whole mm-hmm. uh, world. So, I mean, such a badass, cool, cool woman. So glad that we got yeah. a chance to speak to her. Agreed. Agreed. And we're going to have more amazing women that we are featuring on the show. In fact, I just was looking at my email and we've got an inbox that is rapidly filling up with guests which I'm super excited about. So that being said, I guess what I would like to say is if you are interested or you know somebody that has a project that wants to be featured on the show, be sure to send us an email. You can email us at chat at theniftychicks.io and just drop us a line with the project and, and why you should be featured and we'll take a look. And... Other than that, I say follow us on, well, obviously subscribe on YouTube and click that bell so that you are notified when new episodes drop. And then we were also active on Instagram and Twitter at The Nifty Chicks. So we'd love it if you'd go follow us on those platforms as well. And to all you Nifty Chicks, invest in yourself. You're worth it.
The Nifty Tricks podcasts are not providing investment advice and are not taking listeners and readers' personal circumstances into consideration when discussing investments in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. The Nifty Chicks is not registered to provide investment advice. All the opinions of the hosts, guests, and or sponsors of the show are their own and are for information and entertainment purposes only. Do your own due diligence and research. Neither Jenna Kozadoy nor Aaron Sell are financial advisors. We are sharing our journey with you as we learn more about this crazy little phenomenon called NFTs. We make no recommendations. We only share with you what we are learning and what we are considering investing in. You must research any financial investment on your own. Just know that we will always strive for radical transparency with any show associations. Happy minting.